0: Engaging in thuggish, oppressive, unconstitutional behavior. Officer, you need to repent of your lawless conduct. You can say Jessica's guilty, someone's paid a fine, she's out of here. Well, the good news of the gospel is God can let you go, He can dismiss your case, forgive your sins, commute your death sentence, because that's what you're under at the moment. The Bible says the soul that sins, it shall die, okay? Mm-hmm. I know you think this is funny, I don't, this is deadly serious, because you could die tonight. That's One Christian true. before said something that stuck with me and I'll never forget it, he says this. The culture around you is the report card of the church. The culture around you is the report card of the church. How are you doing? How are you doing? All right hello everyone and thank you guys so much for joining me again on the gospel truth my name is josh lucas and i am the director of youth ministries at first reform church in sibley iowa and i am just so humbled and honored to be able to lead you in this podcast today and uh, my hope and prayer with this is that it'll be challenging for you but also encouraging for you as well and uh please like and subscribe uh and share this episode uh with someone you know or on your Facebook page or just with your friends or whoever uh we just really want to get this uh even more booming than what it has been um so it's just it's just been amazing uh i uh, recently saw that uh we have hit 10,000 downloads and listens uh so i i am just so ecstatic by that thank you guys so much all of you from all across the globe uh you know starting up the podcast for the first time i didn't know what to expect but i did not realize that uh, that there are even people from different uh countries uh, that are listening to podcasts and listening to this one as well um so thank you guys all so much uh, for the support and uh, uh, please continue to to listen and share this as well, um, and I'm just so excited for this uh, for this next episode. So as I said before, uh, we're in this new series uh, with the Gospel Truth, and we're talking about youth ministry and all the different aspects of youth ministry and how uh, I personally believe uh, that we can save youth ministry um and uh some practical tips that i that i take from uh uh, from ken ham from his book already gone um also just from personal experiences that i've had um and also just what the bible has to say as well um because honestly the bible doesn't say a whole lot about specifically youth ministry um but i just i personally believe that that uh God did that on purpose because uh, there wasn't a quote-unquote need for a separate youth ministry because I truly believe the Bible is very clear on this. The church and parents need to be the ones that are discipling their children and uh, teaching uh, the Bible as well um, and, uh, and doing all these things with them. And I think just the Western culture and the Western modern uh uh, evangelical church has really twisted what uh, what youth ministry needs to be and should be, um, and has made it into almost like an extracurricular activity. So my my hope and prayer with with this series and with these next few episodes is that it challenges uh, youth pastors, or even challenges pastors, and even challenges parents as well. Um, when it comes to their children's spiritual life and discipleship and and the whole nine yards, um, so yeah. As I last the last episode that I did, we talked about um, the different aspects of of youth ministry and how uh, essentially youth ministry has has kind of failed, I would say. Um, and it's now turned into just this fun, cool, hit place where kids can come and hang out and, you know, trying to keep them away from drugs or keep them away from premarital sex or keep them away from gangs or whatever. And those things are important, but is that the overall goal of a Christian? Obviously, the answer is no. We the overall mission of a Christian uh, is from Matthew twenty-eight verses nineteen, uh, or Matthew twenty-eight verses nineteen through twenty. Essentially, um, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have commanded you. That's the second part of this and so not only just making disciples but how do we make those disciples by teaching them the things that Jesus commanded the disciples to do and that's how we as the church need to treat uh, non-believers and treat everyone in our church and within the world is we're training up disciples we're not training up inspirational goody-goody two- shoes uh, uh, false Christians. We're trying to build up disciples, faithful disciples that will go into the world and will preach the gospel message Uh, because we don't know uh, who uh, who is in our church. The next great missionary could be in our church. The next great pastor could be in our church. The next great preacher, the next great teacher, or whatever the case may be, could be within our church right now, but we just don't know it. And those individuals might not even know that that's what God has called them to do. But we have to make sure that we're training these individuals and teaching the Bible so then God can do the rest of the work. Uh, We're just planting the seeds and God is sowing those seeds and creating them and building them up uh, to hopefully produce fruit. But what does this have to do with youth ministry? Well, Today I want to focus on the games aspect. Uh, uh, I know that that uh, that that the last episode um, I had talked about, um, you know, talking about the cool factor. But I really, I, I really think that 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 games, talking about games, is really important to this discussion um, because uh, because I as I was getting to talking with other youth pastors and getting to talking with other church leaders and stuff i really realize that the cool factor is 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 a is an overall goal for for a lot of youth ministries but i feel like when it comes to the small town rule rule youth groups or, or the smaller ones they don't really focus a whole lot on that they focus more on the fun aspect of things um now, I want to be upfront with this and say that I am not opposed to games during youth group by any means. I am fully aware that that we are dealing with kids. We are dealing with preteens. We're dealing with teenagers. We're dealing with kids that have a lot of energy. So it's important for us to you know, to hone in on that energy and to, to help them to burn off that energy so then when it comes time to do the studying, uh, they're focused. Or I've even seen some other youth groups where they do it reversal. They do the lesson first and then they play a game afterward. Now, I'm not going to tell anyone uh, how to do youth ministry or anything like that uh, to a point with when it comes to the games, but I'm just going to give my personal preference. I think the 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 stronger emphasis if you are going to play games is do the game first and then do the lesson second, because at least the game can be cut short. You don't want to cut short the lesson. Um, so it's easy for you to look at your watch and go, okay, the lesson today is going to be 35 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, however long you have your youth ministry and your youth group for, for that night. Um, so then you can go, okay, looking at the watch, we have 15 minutes to play this game. We have 10 minutes to play this game. Okay. Now we have only have five. And then finally you get to the point where you go, okay, we're going to stop the game. And now we're going to go into, um, we're going to get into uh, the study mode. Now, hopefully, this isn't a perfect system, but I feel like that the youth groups that tend to, um, the ones that tend to do the, the games after the lesson, they tend to cut the lesson short so then they have time for the game. Um, and I, I really do think that that's kind of a dangerous thing to go with um, because, You know, obviously, you know, it's great, you know, because I know I know the argument. Oh, well, it's a reward for sitting quietly and doing the lesson. And if they're not quiet throughout the whole lesson, then we don't play a game. Well, when you're dealing with preteens, especially with middle schoolers, you would probably never be able to get to the game because we even tried that for a few weeks and we never got to the game because they were being disruptive because they were being high energy they were so excited to be at youth group um that they had all this energy built up within them and and a lot of them even got off a practice so they have even more this built up adrenaline and energy and all this other stuff that it's hard for them to sit and listen for 30 to 45 minutes um And to expect to be completely silent or engaged without having disruptions. That's why we we have to be careful with how we look at youth ministry and look at our students. Um, So when it comes to games, the one key aspect that we do with our games is, one, does it pertain to the lesson? I think that is so vitally important that we that if you are going to play an activity or a game to do it that aligns with the lesson. Now, you also need to be a little bit careful with this because you don't want to twist scripture to fit the game. You want to twist the game to fit scripture, if that makes sense. Because it makes sense for us, <laughs> so um, make sure that you're not twisting scripture to fit the game. The game is irrelevant, essentially. You're just using it as a tool, as a quote-unquote illustration, to make the point, f- uh, to to make scripture come more alive for your students. Um, and of course, you know, with with uh, uh, with some scripture. It's really hard to play a game that pertains to that. Um, uh, and there's a lot of creative people out there, and there's a lot of different things that that you can do. Um, but you really have to take time to study what your lesson is going to be on and then look at a game and go, okay, yeah, this, this can be really good. And you may face those opportunities or those situations where, you think about it and you're playing the game and then you, you you go back to the lesson and the Holy Spirit's kind of guiding you in a different direction and the game really didn't make sense, but it's not lost. It's not completely lost because the kids appreciated the fact that, you know what? We tried a game and you know, we we were thinking it was going to be a lesson. Um, but, uh, but overall, uh, it just, you know, it doesn't fit what we're talking about. Um, Uh, and that's okay. That happens. That happens to us a lot too. Um, so one thing to just keep in mind, uh, uh, and and like I said, I'm not opposed to games at all actually to the point where I purchased a, um, an actual, uh, book of bible games it's called the supersized book of bible games by lindsey whitney um and it has over 250 different games that have a have a lesson tied into it so half of the work is already done um, for you but there are times where you're doing your lesson and you're thinking to yourself well this game really fits but the but the the quote-unquote lesson that the the book gives doesn't fit mine that's where you can get creative and twist the the game you're twisting the game to fit scripture one one uh one key example i have for this and please Please just just hear me out on this, especially my uh, my Calvinist brothers and sisters, because, um, uh, like I said, I'm a little bit lenient with uh, with games, and and sometimes it you know it helps out a lot. Um, there was a game that we played with our high schoolers. We were talking about atheism. Okay, we were talking about atheism, and there was a game that I found in this book, and it was called baby feeding baby feeding and what it does is you partner up with your with with another student and uh both both participants lay down on their backs they can't see each other one of them has the baby food in the spoon and they have to feed their partner the baby food and they can't move they can't look around and try to try to find the spoon they have to keep their full back the full back of their head their whole back side on the ground flat the only person that has a little bit leniency with this is obviously the one that's feeding the partner with the baby food because you know you got to kind of twist your body a little bit just a little bit to you know get to that angle and it was an amazing, amazing game. It was fun. Uh, the kids had a great time. And obviously the way that you win is the whole baby food is gone and the less amount of food that you have on your chin. Cause we had a couple of students who were like, Oh, I'm just going to dump this all over. Hey, we win. Well, those are, those are the knuckleheads, the, <laughs> the class clowns, if you will. Um, so obviously you got to set rules for them, but we pertained, we twisted the game. To fit how, because we were talking about in Romans chapter 1, where it talks about that that everyone knows that there is a God. Even non-believers know that there is a God. And how do they know that there is a God? Because, because the creation around them, the evidence has shown that even though we can't see God, we know that he exists because there are things that show us that he's there. So, for instance, uh, with the baby feeding game, obviously we knew that their partner was there, but we couldn't see their partner. But we knew that they were there because they were feeding them the, 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 the baby food, and they, they knew. They, they probably couldn't identify who it was because they couldn't see it, but they knew that there was someone there. See, it's just like in Romans 1 everyone knows that there is a God. But they suppress the truth. They suppress that knowledge to say that he doesn't exist. And they turn out to be fools. right? So that's just one prime example. And that's one of my favorite examples to give. Is it perfect? No, it wasn't. Uh, In fact, we had some kids that laughed at it um, because they understood it. But they saw there were some flaws within the game and with the subject. But they knew what we were getting at. So we had some other prime examples that went along with that. But the game helped introduce the subject matter of atheism and everyone knowing that there is a God and knowing that that creation and everything around us is used to, to, to reveal God to us. So... And there are times where we've played games where the lesson doesn't tie into it uh, because the lesson is just that big. One of which is uh, we talked about dinosaurs and the Bible. Uh, There's not really a whole lot of games that you can play with that. So we just ended up playing dodgeball just to get the kids moving. Um, So, yeah, I think you guys get the point there that uh, that uh, try to make sure that the game pertains to the lesson. Number two is don't let the main focus be the game. This kind of ties into number one, but don't let the game be the focus. This goes back to don't twist scripture to fit the game. Twist the game to fit scripture. So you obviously want... Uh, um, You obviously want scripture, the scripture passage, the account that you're teaching on to be the subject matter and to be the ultimate thing that the kids take away. Now, of course, when you're dealing with kids, it's not always going to happen. But you need to make sure that you're putting in forth every effort that you have to make sure that the Bible account is the one that the kids are taking away, not the game. The game, again, is irrelevant when it comes to scripture. Like if you're comparing scripture and the game and you have to make a decision, it's like, okay, we don't have time for a game. We, we only have time for a lesson. Throw out the game. Don't even bother with it. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> number three is uh, know your kids, know your students. So One thing that I've had to swallow my pride on is realizing that my middle schoolers, they have such high energy. They want to play dodgeball. They want to do running around stuff. They want to do competitive stuff. They want to do all these things where it's high energy. There's very little times where they just want to be relaxed. But then my high schoolers are a different story. My high school group, doesn't want to play games they don't want to play activities in fact the <clears throat> the last time that we said hey we have an activity or, or a game that we have planned do we really have to play a game can't we just relax and can't we just do our lesson and i asked them i said well are the games boring to you guys and they said no we just don't want to play games we want to come here to to do uh study and to to learn about our faith and how to grow our faith that was what high schoolers said to me. Now, of course, this isn't the case for every single youth group. Because I know <clears throat> there are other youth groups that we have in our town that they are very uh, game, game-driven game and they're very competitive. <clears throat> Sorry if you can hear the beeping in the background, uh, the garbage uh the garbage collectors are here getting the garbage so i apologize if you can hear the beeping in the background but <clears throat> but overall it, it's been very simple for me with high school but at first it was really hard for me to go like ah, man so we're just gonna sit here for 45 minutes and just do a lesson and i know that sounds crazy but But you got to understand, you know, with this idea of youth ministry, and it has to be fun, it has to be uh, crazy at first, and we got to do all this stuff, it drives youth pastors crazy because they have this expectation of what youth ministry is, but they don't take the time to go to their students, the ones that that are in their youth group, and asking them, what do you guys want? And that's my final point. When it comes to games and fundamentally everything within your youth group is asking your students and asking your leaders, your 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 co-leaders, what should we do? Because, yeah, it's your job to teach. It's your job to lead. It's your job to plan and everything else. But here's the thing. And I know that I, I may get some pushback on this, um, but... I think this is fundamentally uh the truth especially when it comes to youth you can teach them all these different things that you believe they should know till you're till you're blue in the face but if it's something that does not really pertain to them or they don't really care about they may appreciate it and they may take from it and go oh okay yeah this is really cool okay great but it's those moments of like what do you guys want to learn oh we want to learn about the prophets okay we're going to go through a series of the major and minor prophets okay cool i know about joel okay i know about jonah i know about jeremiah i know about isaiah you know all these different things it's cool and plus your kids your students are going to appreciate you even more and go, wow, our youth pastor actually listens to us and cares enough about us to, to ask, what do you guys want to learn? Now, of course, there are uh, there are obviously exceptions to this, right? Especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We have to be totally geared to go by the holy spirit's leading because there have been many times where i've had a lesson plan but then that changes in the year because either something drastic happens within the world or something drastic happens within the community or in the school with the kids themselves parents church whatever and i have to change the course of the lessons and i explain that to the kids Explain that to them. Hey guys, uh, we were doing our, 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 our John study, uh, for, for some time now, but I really believe that we need to take a break from that and focus on, uh, these cultural issues. So today we're going to talk about abortion. Next week we're going to talk about gay marriage. The week after we're going to talk about transgenderism. And the kids were really engaged with that because even though they didn't ask for it, they were going to ask questions about it during youth group, so it's really important that you're engaged with your students and engaged in the culture around you and the culture even that they're around. Um, not saying that you gotta you know go bombard them at school or go you know just bug them all the time and have to constantly communicate with them and texting and tweeting and snapchatting and all this all this stuff, but. Make sure that you're paying attention to what your 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 kids and your students, <coughs> excuse me, what your kids and your students are fundamentally engaged in. Um, so then you can know what to teach on to make it more relevant, but also even know what kind of questions they might even have or what they're facing in their personal. One prime example of this is um i have uh, a couple of students uh that really are really engaged with uh professional sports um, especially with like the nfl and things like that and I'm a big 49ers fan, uh, pretty much Bay Area stuff. Growing up in California, my dad and my grandpa really engraved that into my brain uh, to really be a a, a Bay Area fan. Not in a bad way by any means, but that's just what I grew up on. That's my team. That'll always be my team no matter what happens. But I'm a 49ers fan for NFL, and I actually have some kids, some students that are also... They are also 49ers fans, um, but I typically don't follow them all that much, um, or at least didn't used to. I would just you know, watch the games and be like, hey, yeah, they won or whatever, and a couple of guys did some cool things, whatever. But I actually have students now that are really so engaged in this that they look at the trades, they look at the stats, they look at this and that, the injury reports, whatever the case may be, and they come to youth group and they want to talk to me about it. Well, before I was like, oh, I, I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't watch that. And you could kind of tell that it was like, oh, well, okay. Then they didn't really have anything much to talk to me about. So I started taking an interest in what they were had an interest in with um, the 49ers, uh, more with their stats and whatnot. So now I can have those open and great conversations with them and I... And obviously, you know, that's not gospel or anything, but these are students that are constantly coming back and they are being engaged in youth groups. So I think that's one of the prime things that we have to understand is that not only is it good, wholesome teaching of the Bible and things, but we also have to show interest in our kids and within our and in our students uh with their personal life with their sports life uh their interests things like that show interest in your students um so overall uh i just want to hopefully make sure that you understand that uh that games are good but they're not important Games are good, but they're not important. They're not the most important part of your youth group. And if they are, you're not you're you're not running a youth group. You're running basically a rec center that just happens to be Christian. Okay, and and I and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more on the next episode. Really, the difference what separates uh, between a a youth group and a Christian rec center, which I also think can really pertain to a church and a country club. But that is for the next episode. So thank you all so much for taking uh, time out of your day to uh, listen to this episode of The Gospel Truth. Um, And again, if there's anything that you want to talk about or if there's a question that you may have, please feel free to write in uh, to me. Uh, My contact information can be found uh, on the church website, sibleyfrc.org. Please reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Please just reach out. I would love to hear from you especially those out of the country. Uh, that would be amazing uh, to hear from you. Um But my name is Josh Lucas. This has been the Gospel Truth. And as always, be safe and make good choices. Have a blessed day. Oh, oh, see we out there repping here Wonder at the same time How Christians out there repping sin All oh, See we out there repping here Wonder at the same time How Christians out there repping sin what oh, would oh, you oh do there? What would you do that all What would you do that? What would you do that all What would you do there?